Oh, g'day, Disco. Good morning to you. Nice uh, talking to you again. I tell you what, I must say, Darren, the you've had many amazing moments in your career uh, calling races. Uh, obviously, with what, with with the brilliant races that are over there in the West, and some of the achievements from Pike, etc., in the past, and some of our great Eastern horses that have gone across and raced there. But that has to be number one for you, surely. Well, it's certainly attracted a lot of attention, uh, that's for sure. And ironically, I got a call from Greg Miles yesterday who uh, probably found himself in a very similar situation some years ago, of course, when he coined that lovely phrase for Maccabi Diva, when a champion becomes a legend. And uh, it was played uh, absolutely, um, you know, on auto replay for, for years to come. And he said, look, you might find that you're going to expect something similar. I wasn't thinking anything like that at the time, I can assure you, uh, Dave. I was just hoping to get Munamek right to the line uh, because everyone had thought, and I think with justification, that Ripcord was going to win the gold rush. You could see Oliver back in the field and I was always going to be keeping at least one eye on Damien to see where he was going to go because that's where the bulk of the sentimental money would have been coming. And no doubt there were those that also thought that Munamek had a great chance. I personally thought that he was maybe a, a top four or five finish, but maybe not a winning chance. But when the racing gods get together and discuss what scripts they're going to use for a certain day, they normally put D. Oliver in as the lead role. And uh, for that reason, you always expect the unexpected from the greatest rider that there has ever been in this country. And he delivered, and he delivered one of those absolutely majestic performances. The line that came out, I think the gold, gold, gold reference there, it might have been an old Norman May quote from back in the 70s uh, at a Olympic Games. But um, it was more in reference to the fact that he won the last three races on gold rush day. And to start with divine belief and then to win with Magnificent Andy, who carried the big weight, and then to deliver in the last, I guess it was something that was very organic and natural to say. Um, and then the rest just came... I think through pure emotion uh, after he'd got the money and the crowd that was roaring from underneath my feet in the commentary box, um, you'd really just felt this um, wave, this wave of support and um, momentum from the crowd driving Ollie through that narrow gap there. How he got through the gap, no one knows, but that's what Ollie does. He, he just does what only legends of racing do. We're chatting with Darren McCauley, the voice of the West. Darren, uh, you I've never been racing at, uh, at Ascot before, or Belmont for that fact. It's on the bucket list. But can you describe for our Eastern audience uh, the setup? Because it looks quite an intimate setting. We saw that crowd and mm. the, the noise uh, from Saturday coming through the TV. Describe firstly what it's like as a setup, and, and secondly, is that the biggest roar or the, the most electric Ascot's ever been in your mind? Oh, there have been a few occasions, Dave, over the years, and I was lucky enough to be working in the mounting enclosure in 1982 when the Western Mail Classic was run. I was very early on in my uh, starting career um, with 6PR back in those days who were covering racing, and my role was to do the interviews and be a general footman in the mounting yard. Kingston Town was there, of course. Malcolm Johnston had come across. Tommy Smith was there. And it was going to be the very last race that Kingston Town ever contested not that we knew that on the day but um, given his leg injury one sort of suspected that maybe it was going to be his final farewell um, the crowd would have been at least 40,000 
uh, maybe more, at Ascot on that occasion. And there was just this extraordinary reception as he came back into the mounting yard, and it was a standing ovation. Now, that, to me, has always been the benchmark. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was something special in Takeover Target, and Apache Cat clashed in their memorable battle in the Winterbottom Stakes of 2008. I called that race there, and you could feel the crowd and watch the scenes and the euphoria unfolding from not only in the mounting yard, but also that, I guess, generated up through the stands as well. And there would have been probably 15,000 people there. Well, there were eight and a half to 9,000 on Saturday. I think the crowd noise eclipsed anything else that I've heard. You couldn't hear yourself think. Um, They were making the noise, the ovation was that of a crowd of about 50,000 people. It was deafening and it was hard to think uh, and a lot of my colleagues, even um, I think Greg and uh, Ron Duffersey down in the yard there with uh, Lockie Taylor and Scotty Embry were saying it was very hard to hear any director's calls down the line because of that noise. So it was just exceptional and it was the right ending. It was the right conclusion to what had been this truly remarkable 35-year career. And he delivered it with brilliance. He delivered it with, uh, with theatre uh, as D. Oliver tends to do. The carnival itself, the pinnacles, uh, have been an, another success. Obviously, uh, from a WA racing point of view, we saw Amelia's Jewel travel over here in the east. While she didn't have success in a Golden Eagle, she was flattened on that occasion, and things didn't seem to go right the back end of the prep. She's going to return for the Quokka, and she'll probably clash against Overpass, who, of course, from a Sydney perspective, we saw travel across and win the winter bottom, and Bjorn Baker get that group one for him. Uh, yeah, and, and Bjorn Baker's absolutely outstanding. He, he loves WA. He's become a, a real sort of fan, I think. And why wouldn't you when you keep bringing your horse here and taking the prize money away? But he genu- he's got good friends here. But he genuinely loves being in Perth. And he, he's such a charismatic uh, trainer and personality. And he drags a lot of West Aussies along with him. And, of course, the group, the Ram group, that um, are the syndicate holder there with him with Overpass, they're a fabulous bunch of blokes as well. They're very social. Uh, they're a little bit out there, some of them. Um, but boy, oh boy, do they love their racing. And, and it's a, you know, tailor-made fit there with that, that group and Bjorn and, and Overpass. So he'll come back. Amelia's will be back. And, you know, that, that race through the autumn now, that's going to generate a tremendous amount of uh, interest once again, uh, building on what was already a spectacular finish at the first running of it. Um, so Overpass was fantastic. Uh, Bustler. Now, you're going to hear a lot more of a horse called Bustler, the railway stakes winner. Um, he was not the story of the gold rush on Saturday, but he was the run of the race. Anyone who goes, does their form will go back and see just what an extraordinary performance to finish fourth it was by Bustler. He'll go to the autumn for Neville Parnham, but he now has confirmed himself as being the real deal. And he and maybe his three-year-old stablemate zip away who's elevated to a whole new level. Uh, I would think that they could finish up being in Melbourne at least uh, through the autumn at this stage. That was the plan that Neville Parnham indicated. So they've been the highlights, and, of course, nothing will be able to compare with what we saw unfold there. Just the the spectacular farewell uh, for for Damien. It was uh, looking a little bit plain leading into Divine Beliefs when their Dave on on Saturday. He hadn't ridden a winner. Uh, The shoulders were starting to drop. Uh, He was on a horse that we all thought could win in divine belief. There couldn't be a more appropriate name for one to kick off uh, the trilogy of winners that Ollie booted home. Uh, And then to win the next race with 
magnificent Andy, under 61 and a half kilos, trained by Stephen Miller, who ironically ran second to Damien when he rode his very first winner on Mr. Gudbog in Bunbury back in 1988. And here he is as the trainer of Magnificent Andy, legging D. Oliver up for his last ever ride. And that had all sorts of storylines sort of threaded through it. And then it took us into the Munamek finale. And what a finale it was. It was the ultimate encore. In 2021, Darren, you celebrated 40 years of broadcasting. It continues on. You're involved with the board there in the West as well. Um, you must be proud of what's happening with Western Australian racing and also the fact that um, the pond, I guess, is smaller. We're seeing a lot of WA form filter through now to the east in carnival time and uh, we're seeing maybe what was once thought as, as well, a small fish to fry, so to speak, if you had a good horse in the east. You can't just go over there and win races now. Oh, you've got to bring a proper horse to yeah. Perth. Uh, and we've seen that if you try and think you can bring a B-grader across where you know where you're going to finish, uh, A-graders have got to work very hard for their wins, um, and horses, conversely, that go from WA to the east are going to be very competitive in nearly everything that they tackle, particularly the greats. And we've seen them over the years. You, you, you sort of go back to even the, the uh, mayor that was named in honour on Saturday, Starstruck, what she did with Gay, and, uh, you know, she was absolutely fantastic early on and then uh, came back to Kay Miller and then finished up winning a Group 1 Australian Cup. So, you know, you, you throw your northerlies in and you throw what Bob Peters had over the last few years. The, the top horses from WA compete at the very highest level regardless. And, um, and, and the breeding ground for the jockeys in the state, I mean, that's another thing that really hasn't been spoken too much about there. But yeah. You had Damien Lane riding a double there, uh, international class. Craig Williams, international class there. Uh, he and, uh, you know, and, and, and um, Lane were right to the fore. Ollie rides a treble. Uh, uh, you know, you, you had the quality of the jockeys on show as well um, and just bringing the very best that racing can possibly offer. In terms of Ascot, you've not been there. Well, it's a magnificent track. It's a different shape track. It's In some respects, it's... Mooney Valley-esque, mm -hmm. uh, but bigger again. A big sweeping run down the riverside of the track. Uh, they've got an incline in the straight, although that's been lessened over many years. Uh, beautiful grandstand, brings it close to the track, so it does, I guess, lend itself to providing a, a real theatre effect. And I think that's where that great excitement, jubilation and the scenes are created because of the closeness to the outside rail and the mounting enclosure itself. Pleasure talking to you this morning, Darren. As I said, uh, mate, uh, I listened to that call in the car uh, via uh, via the radio because uh, now these days with, uh, I'm sure some people sneak the phones and whatnot with uh, society, but you can't with, uh, what's with the police and cameras and everything around. So I went old school. I listened to it just via the radio, and let me tell you, mate, um, you painted the picture unbelievably, uh, and it was spine-tingling. So congratulations on a great call, mate. Very privileged to do what you do, and also uh, congratulations, because I know, as I said, you're a part of the board over there on what Perth Racing is doing, because it's, uh, it's a wonderful spectacle. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not uh, these days. I've uh, got a back, uh, back sort of seat's... A role these days is calling, but um, James Aldring and, and his team at Perth Racing deserved uh, a real pat on the back because they delivered a fabulous carnival. They had things against them early with Railway Day and the heat that uh, affected that particular meeting. 
But uh, they're a really good organisation led by a, a terrific uh, CEO, James Aldring. He gets racing. He knows racing. And, um, you know, he's sort of steering Perth racing in the right direction, which is absolutely fantastic. And it looks in real good hands as we go to the Perth Cup meeting on New Year's Day. And then, of course, we'll be back with the Quokka in the autumn and all of the other feature events as well. But I think you're right, Dave. It was just an absolute privilege to be there and uh, none more so than from the best seat in the house. Fantastic. Darren, look forward to your calls, mate, over the summer and continuing every week. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it.